I read a story of a famous atheist some decades ago, and he had sought to show how the miracle of Lazarus being raised from the dead was just a trick to kind of bolster um, Jesus' fortunes. And uh, what this man said is he looks and he says, can anyone tell me why Jesus actually said, Lazarus, come forth? And there was an old Christian man in the back, and he got up and he said, yes, Because if he didn't say Lazarus, he would have had the whole graveyard at Bethany come up from the dead and come towards him. Our Savior has power over death itself. I read this morning an illustration of a uh, D.L. Moody as he was called to preach a sermon. He hunted through the four Gospels trying to find one of Christ's funeral sermons. But he couldn't find one because everywhere that Christ went, death could not exist. When the dead heard his voice, they sprang to life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five, 25. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But Jesus is alive. That's what we're celebrating today, right? The resurrection. That's why we're here together today, because Jesus is alive. If Jesus never came back from the dead, there'd be no point of us meeting in this room. Thanks, drama team, bells, worship team, and everybody else who had a part in bringing us to this point in our service. This morning at 6.30, we had a a sunrise service outside, and I thought there were going to be about 15 people that show up, and we had about 70 people come out. And we looked at the resurrection story. We looked at, at, at Matthew chapter 28, which Bernie graciously read for us here this morning. We looked at how the angel moved the stone, but he didn't move the stone so that Jesus could get out, right? Did Jesus need the stone moved? No, right? He moved the stone so that we could look in. And we can realize that the place that was meant for death held no power over the resurrected one. Jesus kept his promise. He was risen. He is risen. He always keeps his promises. But let me ask you a question this morning, and this is what we're going to look at today. Is what if Jesus never rose from the dead? What if the resurrection didn't happen? Now, I'm not talking about some alternate universe kind of stuff like sci-fi. I'm talking about what Paul actually tells us in Corinthians, right? And we're going to look at that together this morning. If you brought your Bibles, would you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15? We're going to read verses 14 through 19 today. And uh, those of you up in the video room, you're going to have to click for me. I don't have a clicker here this morning. So if you could click along, that we're able to follow. 1 Corinthians 15, 14 through 19. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We were even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. Thanks, brother. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. What if the resurrection didn't happen? 
Paul highlights multiple things. He said, listen, if the resurrection didn't happen, then all your preaching is in vain. All your teaching, everything that you tell people about Jesus, it's worthless. It's in vain. There's no point for it because Christ didn't raise from the dead. Your faith is in vain. If Christ never rose from the dead, your faith is in vain. You're a false witness. You're still in your sins. Those who put their faith in Christ would have no hope beyond the grave. And a Christian life is pointless without the resurrection. Why? Because the resurrection is foundational to our faith. Without the resurrection, everything else falls apart. Everything else crumbles. Why? Because that means that Jesus wouldn't have told the truth, right? And if Jesus didn't tell the truth, then he couldn't have been the perfect sacrifice. If the resurrection didn't happen, everything falls apart. So what about when somebody asks you, you know, you, you believe in this Jesus that rose from the dead, right? Well, well, why? Why do you believe that Jesus really rose from the dead? What can you have confidence in? How do you know that Jesus really, I mean, coming back from the dead? When's the last time you read about that happening? I believe scripture leaves no room for debate on this. And there are multiple different things that God gives us that we could look at. But today I want to look at two key ways in which the historicity of the scripture is proven that Jesus didn't just say he was raised from the dead. Or someone didn't just say that, but it's proven in this text, in the Bible. Ways that we can have confidence. The first is that Jesus didn't just appear to the women as he was leaving the tomb. He appeared to many others. This wasn't a story that, that one person told to somebody else. Instead, it was something where one person saw him, and another person saw him, and another person saw him. Mary Magdalene, John 20, Mary and the other woman in Matthew 28. We have Peter in Luke 24, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, the 10 apostles, the 11 apostles, all of the apostles, the 7 apostles, the 500 disciples. We have James. We have Saul. Jesus appeared to hundreds. He did so to leave no room for doubt. No room for debate. What if he only had appeared to the women? Do you think the apostles would have believed him? What if he only would have appeared to Peter? Do you think the rest of the disciples would have believed Peter? Instead, he appears to hundreds of people. Hundreds of people who gave eyewitness testimonies to the fact that the one who calls himself Jesus of Nazareth had been raised from the dead. He left no room for doubt. But there's another way that I think we can look at the scripture and realize and, and live with confidence knowing that Jesus truly rose from the dead. And it's in the change of the lives of the disciples. So you had Peter. What happened when Jesus was being led away to be crucified? What did Peter do? He stood there right beside him the whole way, right? No, Peter, Peter fled. He denied Jesus multiple times. Yet, something happened in Peter's life. This, this man who was afraid to even say that he had any interaction with Christ, something happened in Peter's life after the resurrection. 
that caused him to live with the confidence and boldness to be a martyr for the gospel of Jesus Christ. What happened in his life? What changed? From a man that was not even confident to say, yeah, I I knew him or I, I hung out with him once, to the point where he was willing to die for his Savior. It's that he witnessed the resurrected Christ. What about the other disciples? We have testimony in Scripture. We have have testimony, the the history of the church. Is that many died as martyrs. Why? Why do that? Why give up your life for something? If your Savior, if your Lord dies on a cross and doesn't say what he's going to do, why would you continue and give your life for something? It makes no sense. But instead, something happened to the lives of these men that caused them to be willing to give everything for the sake of the gospel. Everything. Including their last breath. There's no room for doubt in the resurrection story. And we could go on and on and look at other things as well, but we don't have time for it this morning because we have some people to baptize. And we're going to get there in just a minute. But because Jesus is alive, it changed everything. And we go back to the passage in Corinthians. And we realize that because he lives, we do not preach in vain. Instead, we should preach without stopping. Realizing that this world is temporary and the resurrection proves that life beyond is real and is true. Because Jesus lives... We can believe with hope and confidence, knowing he rose again. Because Jesus lives, we testify with boldness that God rose Jesus from the dead. Because Jesus is alive, we have confidence that our sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven. Because Jesus is alive, we do not grieve when the time comes or we lose a loved one. We do not grieve like those who have no hope because he rose again. And we know that there's hope beyond the grave. And just as the song says, life is worth the living because he lives. First Corinthians 15, 54 and 55 where the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then, it shall, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Death has no power over the resurrected one. Christ is risen, and because of that we have hope for tomorrow. I want to end my message this morning by looking at the final I am statement. If you've been with us here at Mount Vernon for the past four weeks, we've been looking at the I am statements of Jesus. And I said we were going to save one for Easter morning. And this is it, John eleven twenty five and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus' statement here is bold and brash. He says it with confidence, I am the resurrection and the life. Not I am a life or a resurrection, I am the resurrection and the life. That means without Christ, there's no resurrection and there is no life. Apart from him, there is neither. 
But he finishes his statement by saying, do you believe this? So do you believe this today? That Christ the Lord rose from the grave conquering death? <laughs> if you don't, I'd love the chance to talk with you. I know anyone that has been on this stage, the worship team, they'd love the chance to speak with you. Come and talk to us. We would love to tell you about this Jesus who changed everything.